The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Love it with some passion. Rubber band and the money that keeps stacking. Got a honey who come with elite fashion. She too fine, I tell her that thing magic. You ain't a hustler, you broke, well that seems tragic. Gotta catch in the field like deep passes. I tell her plug if it's sticky, then please bag it. I need the best cause I grew up with need madness. Uh, need a Matt Burgundy Mercy. Jewelry so heavy it might hurt me. Smoke an extra kill, that extra seal. Whoa. Buffalo money need extra bills till I'm eating so much I got a breakfast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Jay Spence, and I'm in tonight for my man Sparrows for the Girls. He's out and about, but I'm here with my brother, my all bro po, and my man Antoine Staley, and the Chop Up crew is back, and we are here to talk about this. Well, I don't I don't know how I want to describe it, but we are here to talk about this last weekend's games and then heading into uh, the game against the Jets. So I think this is a good episode to have Antoine come back to the show because obviously the Jets are on a two-game losing streak. The Bills are on a two-game losing streak. It's put up or shut up right now. What's going on, Antoine? Yeah, I'm good, man. How y'all doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm Sweet. glad to have you back. And uh, and then obviously the, the star of the show, the, the main event on this <laughs> joint, my man, all bro, Paul, what's up with you, man? What up, man? Good, good. I'm good spirits. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I had to take a couple shots before we did this. I just rewatched the game. So I uh I'm serious, by the way. I'm not even joking. Like, no, I, no, I know. That's like, why I, I laughed. I just took I just took a shot because this is like okay, but um it's been <laughs> it's been a heck of a, a couple days for I would say for both of us. So for Twan for you covering the Jets, I think you know, in a couple minutes I want to talk about the game that they just had too. But to start off, it's fresh on everybody's mind. Ken Dorsey got fired. Um I had the pleasure of having Twan on Code of Conduct with me this morning when it happened. So, like, we recorded the show, then the news came in, then he was like, oh, crap, we recorded too soon. So we jumped back in and re-recorded it. Y'all got us working over here at Buffalo Rumblings, but let's get right to it. Uh, let's start with the guest. Twan, when you when you sent me that text, it's like, oh, shoot, we recorded too early. How did, What went through your head when you saw the headline go across, the, go across your phone? I mean, I wasn't too surprised, but it just happened. I mean, the timing of it, you know. Uh, I mean, definitely, I mean, look, the offense hasn't gone the way that it's supposed to, to be quite honest with you. I see, I see people already tanking. I kind of see like, that's kind of <laughs> what I'm dealing with with Jets fans right now. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the offense hasn't played the well way it's supposed to, but I think it's a deeper issue, too. I think, mm-hmm. you know, coaching, I think we kind of saw that last night. Uh, special teams, they made a blunder. You know, had you not made that, then you win the game. And 
obviously, you know, you're in a much different spot than what you are right now uh, as far as uh, the Bills are at five and five. But, yeah, I mean, they, I just think kind of what you alluded to, I mean, they had needed to blame somebody for underachieving this year, at least so far. And, you know, Ken Dorsey had to ask, you know, right now. But, you know, Sean McDonough is under a lot of fire. You know, obviously, you know, Leslie Frazier's not no longer there. Uh, Ken Dorsey's no longer there. I mean, I think their special teams have been a bit of an issue, too, as well. I don't think a lot of people, we tried to test on that, you know, on Code of Conduct this morning. I like a lot of people necessarily talking about that either. Uh, that would be something I would like to hear, see him address a little bit more. But the fact of the matter is, if they don't make the playoffs, then, you know, all bets are off, it seems like right now, because I think ultimately the Bills have a window, especially the AFC, and they need to be able to take advantage of it, especially with a franchise quarterback like Josh Allen. And you know what? You just mentioned the the, um, the special teams part that we talked about this morning. And before I uh, swing this over to, to Jeremiah, I wanted to, so one of the things that I always used to talk about, and I used to get dragged, man, like, so I'm a big Andre Roberts fan. I know obviously at this point his career is behind him. I get it. But when he was in Buffalo, uh, a lot of fans didn't like Andre Roberts because he never broke it for a touchdown. But I was huge on um, field position and and helping the offense. And yes. in 2020, the year that everybody thought that Josh Allen had his MVP year, he was the runner-up to Aaron Rodgers. That was the year that, you know, it was COVID. So everybody was, you know, just surprised by what we saw from Josh Allen. And I, I went back and looked at it because, like, I wanted to make a point to somebody who I bookmarked a while ago. So I went back and made my point. The thing is, that year that we talked about Josh Allen being so great and the offense being so dynamic, yo, we we averaged our average starting field position was on the 37 yard line. Now, I know that might not sound like a big deal. Man, if you if you kneel in the end zone, you're starting at the 25. I'm gonna tell you what 12 yards means. That's a first down you don't have to get. It's huge. Yeah. It's a first down you don't have to get. So when you start at the 37, Technically, if you look at it, you need three first downs and you're in field goal range versus you need four first downs. And I, again, I know that sounds like nothing, but when you add up, you add that up for the game, that means you're, in order just to get three points, you're taking away possessions. Like you don't need those possessions in order to get points or to get a touchdown. Aubro uh, Poe, uh, let's talk about your reaction to uh, it, to Ken Dorsey being let go. And then you can <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong about the, the Andre Roberts and the special teams part there. No, you're absolutely right. But like you're kind of explaining, and I would do this first, you're kind of explaining what McDermott means and by the term that we all hate complimentary. complimentary football. And so like if the special teams is putting your defense in bad positions, if the offense is turning the ball over on the negative 40, as you talked about yesterday, it makes it extremely hard for the defense to help you win a football game. And I think that's what's most frustrating about yesterday's game is that you did put us in those positions and the defense did hold their ground and you still didn't come out and and help us out in the second half or whatever. Um, as far as Ken Dorsey, like I don't blame yesterday at all on Ken Dorsey. Um, I think yesterday is not a good example to use when talking about firing him. I do think, however, he has been not very good for the majority of the season, um, whether that's the reins that McDermott has on him or whatnot. Like he has just not been a good OC and not even like last year, he struggled too. even though he had good numbers last year. And I'm not, I've been seeing a lot of these mathematicians on here. Tell me how good he's been doing as the OC. I don't give a damn about Moneyball at all. Like, <laughs> analytics analytics don't tell you half the story. If you sit there and watch the game yesterday, even though they had top five performances in offense and whatever statistics statis or statistics that you want to say, we saw the offense struggle yesterday, and, it, and if you watch the game, it's not it's not an analytical game while we're losing. So 
Um, I, I do think the firing is worth or it was was warranted. I just don't blame it on uh, <laughs> I don't blame it on uh, the last night game on Dorsey. Now, real quick, Spin in the comments says if we lose out, we could possibly get a top ten pick. Then it might be possible to move up for he right here to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh my um, God! Like how he, high gets drafted. It, it, here's the thing. <laughs> wait, wait, Antoine. Before wait, before you do, because wait, I just want to I want to say this. I, I'm gonna give it right to you, but I do want to add this to to it. I want you to know right now, if the Bills lose next week, we're in nine as far as draft position. So, I, so this isn't as far off as Spin is no. saying. I, I, so, but go ahead. So, answer how you want. But I, but the Marvin Jones, I mean, the Marvin Harrison ain't happening. But go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say, yeah, either we, them or the Jets are gonna be in position. Like, I mean, they're gonna be might possibly have a top ten pick if they lose. But that, the point is, like, people have to stop where they like, oh, just take because they believe. The only way to find good talent throughout the draft is being in the top 10. No, if you're a good franchise and a great organization, you can find great talent. Like in the 20s, like look at Dalton Kincaid, where he was taken. Like Man. he was in the 20s. Like you can, if you your organization is at the top and good at what they do as far as draft scouting, it shouldn't matter where they pick either way. They're going to find good players. Uh, it may be a certain player that you fall in love with in the draft process. And look, I love Marvin Harrison, Julie. I think he's going to be a stud in the league. Uh, but you probably ain't going to get him because I think he's going to be a top five pick, to be quite honest with you, uh, when you talk about the Bears having the chance to get him or, you know, the Giants potentially or whatever they want to do. But the fact of the matter is, like, the Bills are in a position. They have a franchise quarterback. They're not a team like the Jets where, I mean, yeah, you have Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers, he even said it himself today, he doesn't know how much time he has left. He might play one more year possibly, and that's it. Like they're they're not in a good position like the Bills are where you have a franchise quarterback and you know they they don't need to search for you know they don't need that top ten pick because they already have that franchise guy for you know years to come. Other teams envy that. So yeah, they say that you know just lose out. Nah, come on, man. Like the Bills are better than that. They're better. They're much better than that. And you know I still think they're a team that could <laughs> potentially challenge to get into the playoffs. Hey Jeremiah, oh, go ahead. Yes, the problem with. The, the problem with this idea of like how you can go from a team that consciously wants to get in the playoffs to tanking, that's not a thing. You you can't just change the makeup and DNA of the players. Like they're struggling right now on offense, but the players are not going to go out there and be like, yeah, let's tank. And McDermott's not going to go out there and be like, yeah, let's tank so I can get fired. That's not going to happen. The, the only way that you could do that is by cutting some of these players that want to win and then bring in guys with money that we don't have. So, so uh, there's no way to tank for this organization right now in a way where the players are going to go out there and be like, "Yeah, let's let's uh, let's throw this game so we can get a high draft pick." There's not that's not the makeup of this team because we've been to the playoffs the last three years. If we were the Bears, where we haven't, you can go out there and be like, "Yeah, let's go tank." That's that's just not where we're at right now. And not to mention, like these players have to put good stuff on tape too. Like whether they're going to be in Buffalo or wherever they're going to be at next year. Like you don't want to, they don't want to put bad film on tape because they stick with you like forever. So you want to you make sure, what? like whether you in the build in Buffalo or wherever you're gonna go, like you're in a good situation where you're gonna have that good film, so you can. You know what? It's no, a resume. It's Twan, like your resume. True, but Twan, like, like this, this has been something for me since I've like really started to understand the level of professional sports. Like, I don't feel like even like okay, as a fan, right? Like I can sit back and be like, they tanking. They're tanking all day. I know Cardinals players out here in Phoenix now, and I know um, I, I can name actually a few different players on teams that aren't doing well. I know Cardinals players. I know 
uh, who have, nobody tanks. Correct. So like the organization right. might be like, we're in a position that we want the number one overall pick. I can promise you. And I'm not saying this as like, we're rebuilding good with player. Yeah. We're rebuilding. That's what the team will tell you. Yeah. But I promise you every player that I know, every single one, and I'm not just talking about the all, all, all the all pro Poyer and, and the Micah Hydes and the, not them. I mean, the guys that you probably don't even know how to pronounce their name for real. Cause you don't, see them play all the time the guys that are in the league nobody tanks they want to win like these every guy in the league is competitive nobody wants to be a loser at the end of the day nobody everybody wants to hold up the lombardi trophy everybody wants to like so so the thing about this tanking talk i get it as a fan it's like yo tank let's go for a top 10 let's go for a top five pick that's just not how the players see it and when you got guys like a jordan poyer and on offense like a stefan diggs there's no tanking happening like tanking is not happening when Stefan. Do you go ahead? And Whoever wants to take position. that, and then they want to play. They want to keep that keep that position too. Like they yeah. want to continue being starters. Like they want the playing time. They're not just here and say, "Well, we want to take." Nobody's tanking. No. <laughs> These players exactly. do not give a damn about the draft position. Exactly. None of the players care about your draft position. Exactly. Whatsoever. None of them. <laughs> exactly. The only time care. a player cares about looking at that. The, the only time a player cares about draft position is when. It's them to be drafted coming up. Like I want to be first. Exactly. I want to be. Because, don't nobody. If you in the league, don't nobody give a damn because, about that draft. Because <laughs> guess what? If they take a player, like that could be the end of you. Like that could, like it might be the Absolutely. end of you. Like they might t- draft Absolutely. your replacement. So they don't give a damn about like the draft picks at all. Like because at the end of the day, they care about what they can control, and what they can control is what their performance out there on the field every single Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, or Monday. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, so now uh, off the topic of tanking, I'm not I'm not connecting these. So off the topic of tanking, I'm going to throw this at Antoine first because I know what this is going to do to Jeremiah. And I, I'm waiting for his answer. So I'm going to throw this to you first. When you watch the Bills, I know you, you mentioned earlier, you don't watch every game thoroughly, but you've seen them play. You've watched throughout the season and you know the stats, you know all this stuff. When you watch a player like Gabriel Davis as a wide receiver too, Right. That, that's what they've promised us all year, that he's a wide receiver, too. Last season, they told us, Josh told us, this guy's a, he's not a wide receiver, too. He's a wide receiver, 1B. He's just like Steph to me. That, wait, Josh said that. Josh said that. My man, All Bro Pro, he keeps telling me that, nah, Gabe is that dude. Gabe going to get us there. Gabe got the potential, and he's going to live up to the potential. I haven't seen it. What, what are your thoughts on Gabe Davis being a wide receiver, too? Does he have potential to be that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he's very talented. I think you've seen it, you know, in certain spots too, uh, you know, whether uh, certain games this year, but it just hadn't been consistent. It just, that's what it is. I think it's just a consistent lack of thereof, the consistency there. I mean, nobody's arguing the talent. I think, you know, he, I think of more him like probably like a third wide receiver. I think you could probably have somebody else, you know, come in and help take more pressure off Stefan Diggs and help the passing game. But yeah, I mean, I think he has potential to be that guy. We just, we just hadn't seen it on a every game basis. And I think that's kind of the frustrating part when you're watching, if you're a Bills fan, assume, well, I'm not a Bills fan, but you know, just watching them, like you just, it's some games where, you know, he comes out and he balls out and has a really good game. And then others, you just kind of, you know, you don't see him as much, though. He's not flashing as much. So, yeah, I definitely think um, he, the potential is there. You just, you just like to see more consistency from him. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that T-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. 
Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. All right, I'm ready for it. Let's go. I don't, dis- <laughs> I don't disagree with what I'm going to say. I, I do think that the consistency part I would like to see a lot more of with Gabe. I also don't think that the consistency is all on all on Gabe. I think that some of the consistency is on the way that they play call plays on how Josh is playing. Like uh, Josh has not been playing very good yet. Gabe's numbers trajectory wise have been on the rise this year in comparison to last year. And his drop, his drops are also down, even though last, last night was a bad one or uh, yeah, last night was a bad one. And so with that, like Josh has played probably his worst, in my, in my opinion, as far as just watching the games, his worst season in the last like three. I don't know if that's agreeable with you guys, but like there's a lot of that goes into being a good wide receiver too. Diggs's or targets are also up. Kincaid has came into the game, so his his targets are up. See, wait a minute. But, Let me argue with you there, because this is where this is where I feel like you start to lay out the excuses. My thing is, before we had Beasley on this roster, where he was getting eight targets a game. You had you had Emmanuel Sanders here for a season when he was getting those same type of targets. And Gabe Davis was a look. I just think so. When we get into this debate, it's not because I just want to hate on him. I think Gabe Davis could be a phenomenal, like an all worldly level wide receiver three. I don't think that's a diss to put him as the third option in your offense or or as a wide receiver. I don't think that's a diss. Me saying, like, even Cole Beasley, I've never looked at him as a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. He's an amazing slot guy in his prime. So I think, I think to be an amazing person in your role is fine. I don't understand yeah. why it's a negative when I come out and say, he ain't no wide receiver too. That dude is Chiefs I, in I don't that think it's a negative. I just don't agree with you because like when I look at like, yes, yeah, it's a separation against man. We've never, he's not been a man beater. He's never been a man beater. Unless he's getting one-on-one like coverage and nobody over the top, he's never been really a man beater. But we have not been able to get people out of man by beating them with any wide receiver on this team outside of Biggs. Not one. Deontay Hardy has been and Sherfield came in here to be a man beater so that we can get them in the zone where where Gabe has two point. He has like one of the top 15 separation results in, in zone. And so like that's that's where he is successful. And we haven't been able to get people out of playing man on us at all this season because we don't have any man beaters outside of Diggs. And so those those receptions that you're talking about with Gabe, man be- I mean, uh, with Cole, excuse me, man beater, Emmanuel Sanders, man beater, those helped Gabe with his numbers because he, they were able to go, they put people in zone, and he was able to play a zone and catch the ball and get extra yards that way. I just don't think that we've had an offense this season conducive to getting people consistent enough on from wide receiver two to wide receiver three to our tight ends 
We just haven't had an offense consistent enough to do that. And so, yes, Gabe can be more consistent. I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. But I also think that he's good enough to be the wide receiver too if this offense is running with how we know it can run. Well, we've seen, it. we've seen it. We've seen it. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you talk about? I mean, I've probably watched like six Bills games this year. Uh, saw the Tampa Bay game. I thought he played well there. Um, I think it was Jacksonville. I think he played well against the Jaguars too, as well. So we've seen it in spots. We just, I just think it's you just. Isn't that I assume it's yeah. like you just want to see more of that. Like, yeah, you just do that. That's the game. That's what we need to see all the time. Whether it be and, green, like whether what they scheme them up or whatever the case may be. But yeah, that's that's what he that's what he can be all the time. But it's just it's just frustrating that you don't see it on an every game basis. And for me, it's not even um, all the time. I don't need him to do it every game. I, for me, I need him to do it on a on a level that um, is just consistent. Like you, yeah. you keep saying that word consistent. I just need a consistent. Yeah. I don't need you to have a hundred yard. Like okay, so like last year, the the Steelers game. I think he had like a hundred and fifty yards receiving and three touchdowns or something crazy on like or no, he had two touchdowns on three receptions for a hundred and fifty something yards. I don't need that every week. I don't. I don't like if you give me fifty to sixty five yards a week as a wide receiver too, with Diggs doing what he does and then Kincaid doing what he does, and now that Cook is, that's what I, I, I'm not asking for him to come out and be like a world beater. And you keep saying like man beater, man beater. Well, I think in this league at this point as a wide receiver, you should. I don't need you to even be a man beater. I just need you to create separation. And when I actually do watch the film, that's what I see about Gabe. I don't, and you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy out here talking about the all 22. I'm not trying to do that, but, but you know, like when you actually look at the film and you watch him, he is difficult for him to create separation unless he's stretching the field. So when we talk about his route tree, to me, when you talk about a wide receiver two or a wide receiver one B like Josh, you're talking about say, man, you got to have separation a man. That's, that's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I mean, you got to create that separation. Now in zone, I get it; it's a zone, so it's a little different. Like, no, but in but man, like, he like, finds he's he's one of the best at finding holes in zones, and that's where right. like that's where like I feel like we need to have an offense capable of getting people out of playing man, and and we just don't because Sherfield and Deontay Hardy were brought in to make people stop run, and KK for that matter, to make people stop from running man so that they can run zone. And we have Diggs who's good at finding zones, Gabe's who's good at finding zones. They're one of they're some of the best in the NFL, in my opinion. And I just I, we just haven't gotten there yet. We gotten there in a couple games or a few games, but um and they also asked Gabe if Gabe has been playing the number two tight end blocking a lot as the like this up back off the ball and like they ask him to do a lot. And I'm not making I'm not saying that but those are big having him in there as a run blocker when you don't have your second tight end in there, when you're trying to run the block like that, that's big. He's also asked to be the first blocker on all these bubbles yeah. that Diggs and that Diggs and, mean, and Deontay Hardy are like, I'm not, I'm not saying those are huge things. I'm just saying those are big things to a coach is why he's on the field hundred percent of the time. And he does all these dirty things without asking, without hesitating. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I have faith in Gabe because his mind has always been team. Yeah, here's what I'll say too. I think one thing that would also help him and the rest of the if they're playing if team if they're playing a lot of man defense, then run the ball with Josh Allen. Like because obviously when you do that, then you're gonna turn your back to Josh Allen, and we know how dynamic he is too as well. So like make them pay that way. Like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna play man. Okay, fine. Like yeah, I'm gonna beat you with my arm. Like I mean, beat you with my not only my arm, but also running my running ability too. When's like, the last time we seen him scramble and hit something? That's what I'm I haven't seen I haven't seen Josh scramble and hit a nice deep nice ball down the 
down the field in like four games. And I don't know where that went. I don't know what happened to the offense to where that, but those were a lot of games, big games was something crazy happened, scramble, games down the field, sideline catch, boom, 20. Like those were a lot of games. Like he's good at finding space in breakable plays and zones. And like, I just don't think we've been doing any of that. I don't think Josh has been running the ball and I don't know why. I, I, I think, I think you'll start to see it this week. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. well, but see, well, I hope so. But and then here's the, okay. So here's the next question. Cause the thing is, again, this morning you and I talked about it, Antoine, and then same thing with, with Jeremy, we talked about it on the, the breaking news pod that we did. Look, I get it. Dorsey was fired because the offense hasn't been living up to par, but also We've heard Sean McDermott come out several times over the last like six, seven weeks and say that he's had more input on the offensive game plan than normal because he wanted to run a different type of offense. He didn't want Josh Allen doing the things that made Josh Allen. He, like he said this in, in the coach's pressers where he's come out and basically said like, well, we want to do something different. So if that's the case, are we going to see something? Or maybe it is like, OK, well, we had to fire this guy. So, Joe, look, go ahead and make things work now. Because we can't afford any more trouble, or, or what is it? You know what I mean. Uh, either one of you that want to want to take that, I'll, I'll go for. I I don't know that it's the hardest part about McDermott is that he's not very transparent. So like, <laughs> I don't know whether or not that was because Ken wanted him to sit in the pocket and be a pocket quarterback player. Like I don't know if it was Ken. I don't know if it was McDermott trying to run the clock down so that their defense isn't on the field as much as they have been, but that hasn't been working because our defense has been on the field more than more than half the game or more than half the game most of the time. So like I, I don't know if it was McDermott or if he's just saying that he has some input or he really doesn't. Like I I I don't I can't tell how to read McDermott. This doesn't seem he's a defensive coach, right? He's a defensive minded coach. I don't see what kind of input he could have in an offense that would make an offense coordinator be like, oh, yeah, like, let me do what McDermott wants me to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he might just be taking the bullet or he just took the bullet. Like, okay, coaches tend to do that. So I'm curious to see, like I say, especially with Joe Brady running the shots now, like, you know, uh, the wrinkles that are going to happen because obviously the system's going to stay the same. But, you know, I, I imagine that's going to be one thing that does change, especially considering, one, you know, the Jets have problems, have had problems stopping mobile quarterbacks at times this year, whether you talk about, you know, Tyrod Taylor or, you know, so or Dak Prescott and things of that nature, too. And also running the football, too. I think it'll be um, a lot more emphasis as well because the Jets have one of the worst, worst, worst defenses in the NFL, as good as their defense has been this year, you know, their Achilles heel, especially after losing Al Woods in the middle, uh, stopping the run. And I think we kind of saw that whether you saw it on Sunday night against Josh Jacobs or, you know, a few weeks back against Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I definitely think you're going to see more of an emphasis uh, to run the football this upcoming week. I hope so. And can we talk about that for a second now? Like what in the hell happened when I get it, a fumble happened, but can we get past this putting players in timeout like they in like they seven years old or something. Yeah, it's like not Sean college. McDermott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you gonna you gonna bench James Cook. Like, but you don't bench Josh Allen for the interceptions. You don't bench Gabe Davis for a drop pass, or you don't bench Diggs for a drop pass. You don't, but you gonna bench. I, I just don't. It don't make sense to me. Yeah, Nick Saban doesn't even do that at Alabama. Like he might yell at you. I mean, but yeah, you. T I mean, you got to treat these guys like like if if you if you start doing that, then yeah, you're opening a whole different you know Pandora's box because everybody's gonna make mistakes, you know, from time to time too. Now, if you consistently making them like for like a whole lot of them, then yeah, I mean, eventually you're gonna find yourself without a job. But yeah, it's like you said, like I mean, Josh Allen turned the ball over multiple times. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna assume in that. 
I'm going to assume because I Jordan told me that when they were going off the coin toss that he said, yo, if we win a toss, we're going to take the ball. I'm going to assume that if that fumble, that first fumble didn't come on the first play of the game, that he wouldn't have been benched. But I think because we wanted to take the ball, we had a script to go down and score a touchdown. We fumbled on the first play for the second week in a row. We turned the ball over on the first play of our first offensive drive. I think that was just really like a pissed off moment for McDermott to where he was like, dude, we just took the ball on purpose to go down and score and you fumbled it first play of the drive. And now we have, now we're on the defense minus 40 in. And that's a high, you can argue, is that a high end? Well, yeah, it is, sure. Like James Cook is nice. So like keep, keep him in the game, whatever. But I understand the pissed off frustration that he had because we just took the, oh. we took the ball and fumbled on the first play of the game. Well, I definitely it understand too. it. Well, I understand. Hold on real quick. I understand the frustration, but the issue that I have with it is that, look, he's been doing this to every running back that's been in Buffalo since he's been a coach, other than LaShawn McCoy that one year that he had him. He's benched Motor Singletary. He's benched Zach Moss. He's benched every guy that's come in kind of sort of that left that was backup roles, but not really here. Like he's benched everybody that's done it. But the thing is, we don't even focus on the run game enough for you to really be that pissed off at these guys, man. Like, let these guys get into a rhythm. Let these guys really – like, this is this is James Cook's second 100-yard game this season, and he's been running well all year. We don't give him the ball enough to consistently give us a game like last night. And then last night, he fumbles on the first play, and then you don't play him for the first half? Like, come on, Ridiculous. man. Like, he did all of that in the second half. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. Yeah, he's dynamic. Like, we, we definitely saw that. I mean, yeah, he has to take – he has to do a better job taking care of the football. But, you know, as a coach, you just got to be like – some of the best coaches I've uh, been around, they, you know, a person makes a mistake, they're like, yeah, you got to make – just make it up. Like, you make me a play. Like, make it up later on, man. You owe me a play. Basically what it is. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, you, you owe them. Like, you got to make up for the – you got to atone for your mistake. And I think James Cook would have done that. I mean, he was balling out last night. He was really yeah. like they have a dynamic playmaker in him, and they they're crazy if they don't use him, especially in, like I say in a game like this where you know the trouble Josh Allen has had against the Jets defense coming up, and you know the, and the problems that they've had stopping the run. So th- that would be just insane if they don't take advantage of that. I think Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette could get to call up though. Yeah, I, I can see that. He's going to start getting a bulk of these carries because. He can trust Leonard Fournette with the ball, then and whether you agree with it, yeah, <laughs> whether you agree because to be fair, Latavius Murray had a good half. I mean, he, he had some nice 12, 15 yard runs in the first half that like it was, it, and whether or not Cook would have been, but I think Leonard Fournette would be a good back for the way that this team is designed right now to, to play football. So, um, I do think Leonard Fournette gets a call up here soon. No, I agree. I, I, like I said, I thought not even because of the way the game played out. I tweeted before the game started that I wish Leonard Fournette was called up yesterday uh, for that game. I just think, I just think when when you um you have a team with a collection of talent the way we do, I think you just want to have the most talented guys active every game. And to me, I I'm very happy with Latavius Murray. I'm very happy with all the running backs that we've had on this roster. You give me, you give me touchdown, Lenny and James Cook as my one and two punch. And I'm cool. Like, I'm cool. Put the two best running – again, Latavius Murray did well. I'm not I'm not mad at him. I'm not saying take him – all I'm just saying is Lenny is better. Put Lenny in the game. And let's just get the most talent around Josh. And let's let this offense run, man. Let's let it cook. Real quick, because, I mean, we got to get to the game coming up now, the, the Jets and, and Bills. Before we do, I do want to take a quick minute 
let Antoine kind of give us, um, like paint the picture for us of where the Jets team is currently, what happened over these last two weeks that, uh, you know, they lost two games, but they're always, games are always seems to be close because their defense keeps them in it. Um, and all this different, like what's going on with them? What's the state of the Jets? They can't score. <laughs> that's basically the bottom line. Like, that's the short answer of it. I mean, they've gone 11 quarters without scoring a touchdown. I mean, they have not scored a touchdown since the first quarter of the game against the Giants on October 29th. I mean, they, they lost to the Chargers 20, 27-6, excuse me. Uh, didn't score a touchdown there. Uh, they've relied a lot on their special teams with Greg Zerline and uh, Thomas Morstead. And then the same thing against the Raiders, too. I mean, they had opportunities. They shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Uh, they had a touchdown. Brees Hall uh, got called back uh, for a holding penalty by C.J. Uh, Uzama. And then they couldn't find the end zone. And then that's basically the bottom line. If it's not penalties, it's been, you know, lack of, you know, kind of play. The play calling has been really questionable, too. We talked about Ken Dorsey also. Nathaniel Hackett's been a uh, big question as well. His offense just doesn't work as well without Aaron Rodgers. That's basically the bottom line of it. And then it's lack of creativity. Uh, I mean, you saw it. It's a clip going around. Uh, that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he had the headset on, and Nathaniel Hackett was calling the play, and Aaron was just like, "Nah, that ain't it." Like, that ain't it. and then they proceeded mm-hmm. to, you know, didn't get the first third down, and ended up having to punt. So that shows you all you need. To, that tells you all you need to know about, you know, the state of the Jets and offensively. But defense, you know, they've been in games too. They've had problems stopping the run recently, but you know, their defense is going to keep them in games, and it's going to be slugfest throughout the whole the rest of the year, I believe. Jeremy. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in agreement. I've watched them. I'm, I like the Jets. I know a lot of people don't. Don't. Uh, I, I'm a big Aaron guy, so um, I, I would like for them to be in it so he can make a comeback this year and play well. Um, I think I'm, Garrett Wilson's a great receiver. Zach Wilson's. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Not in the best mode, but I, I think that, I think that to be honest, if Aaron was calling the plays, Zach might be performing a little better. I just feel like Aaron has a better grasp of how Zach likes to play football. And I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's calling games for Aaron right now. And Aaron's not in it. And so I, I don't know, I don't know how to like change that. If they just need to run the ball more. Brees has been, I don't, I don't know how they, if they've been able to run the ball very well recently. I haven't watched much of that. They haven't. Not all. They just stacking my scrimmage, making Zach beat who? Yeah. Well, they yeah. stacking the box with eight and nine players. So they know that Zach can't beat them. So, yeah. I mean, that's affecting Brees, too. So that's that's a big part of it, too. That's why I feel like – and they, they're vanilla on the play calling. You know they're going to run the ball. Antonio Pierce said it last week. He was like, this team doesn't hide when they want to run the ball. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he didn't – you know, Stop it wasn't necessarily this, but it kind of was. Like, they're very predictable. And then I think you've kind of seen that. Like, they run the ball on first down. They'll run the ball on second down. And then third – they get in these third and long situations – you know, third and seven, third and eight, that's not ideal, especially when you got a quarter guy like Zach Wilson who's 
you know, not the best quarterback in the world. Like, even if you had the best quarterback in the world, when you have a third and, you know, intermediate and long situations, you tend not to make it. And that's why they're, you know, 20, like, I think they're completely, you know, 22% of their third down opportunities, which is the worst in the league. That's historically bad, to be quite yeah. honest with you. I mean, most bad teams are like in the 30s, but yeah, you're in, you're in the low 20s. Like, that's, that's embarrassing. To your point, like, Zach be missing a lot of, like, shorter balls to get you in closer like second and shorts like and that's a big part of the nfl game it's like you want to get in the second short third and short um get you some easy play calls that'll get you a first down and just move the ball and we have that exact same problem in buffalo of like look can we get to some third and shorts rather than second and long like that and i i agree with that i i think zach needs to that needs to be a little bit more accurate um, with their short balls, and they could run the ball a little better. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, yeah, until they figure out the passing situation, uh, the teams are going to continue to stack the box. That's basically yeah. what it boils down to. And then you got a dynamic player like Brees. So I also think part of it, too, what boggles my mind with Hackett is he doesn't get the ball in Brees Hall and also Garrett Wilson's hands enough. Like, you got two dynamic play callers. I mean, tell about the dynamic players, excuse me. Like, get the ball in their hands. And then they're taking the, they're taking Brees Hall off the field on third down. And they, they had Michael Carter in there on third, third down running back. He ended up releasing him today. Uh, I think they'll probably get Brees a little bit more opportunities. He can, you know, he shows he can break it on third down situations. And then I, I don't think they get the ball to Garrett enough. Like, get – Get him out in space, like get him whether well, he is like ball, anything. Man. Yeah, he there's no reason why he shouldn't have at least you know the ball like 12 times a game, whether it be you know, you know, catching the ball or like running like anything, just any kind of creativity, you know, because that's your best bet, especially in these next two games. You got Buffalo on Sunday, you got the Dolphins on the short week on Black Friday. This is it. Like, and we talk about the Bills and like it's crunch time for them, it's crunch time for the Jets too, for the simple fact that. They, if they lose both of these games, they're four and seven heading into December, and we talk. We know how it is in the AFC right now. Currently, the Jets are thirteenth in the in the standings. They lose these next two games, it's over. It's over. Like you're not, you know, you would literally probably have to run the table to make the playoffs because, quite frankly, ten wins might not even get you in, especially in a year like this where you know you got the teams like the Texans that are competing really well. I mean, you got the Bengals that are on outside looking in. Buffalo is still hanging around too, as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, this is like this they got to get it. Yes, yeah. yeah, they got it. They got to win. They at least, they at least got to split. They at least got to split. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, see, to me, I feel like both teams have to win. I know I said this to Twine earlier on Code of Conduct. I think this is a must-win for both teams. I think yes. really, essentially, it, whichever team loses here, I think you game. can almost say that the season is done for them, right? Like, yeah. and, and Bills fans might disagree with me here. It's like, well, Spence, we're at five games. If we lose and go six and then go undefeated, that's the question. You really think that the Bills are going to go undefeated with the, the schedule we have? And oh. I'm not saying it like to, to question the Bills. Last year, if you would have had this same conversation with me, I'm like, man, I'm not going to say what I would say off air, but I'd be like, man, forget them, forget the Chiefs, forget the Eagles, forget this year. I can't, man. Like, I, I, I can't. The way the, the the product that the Bills have put on the on the field, I don't have the confidence to say, man, we're going to smack the Eagles. We're going to smack the Chiefs. We're going to smack. I don't have that confidence. We play the Dolphins again, too, in Miami at the yes. end of the year. Correct. So, I mean, th right there, those are three games. And then we're talking about the Jets this Sunday. Guess what? Every time the Bills play the Jets, Josh Allen struggles. If you look at the last three games Josh Allen has played against the Jets, he has four or I believe it's five turnovers and two touchdowns. <laughs> like, that's Josh Allen against the Jets. Even the games that we've won, 
he struggles against the Jets. So to me, Sunday isn't. I know my people's over at DraftKings got got his favorite. Now it moved up already to seven uh, from six and a half. But yeah. there's, I just, I can't even see myself confidently saying, "Yeah, we gonna win by a touchdown." Let me go ahead and put the money. Actually, what I did was I took the the spread for the Jets actually uh, before it changed because I feel like they're gonna beat the spread. The game gonna be close. We gonna win by a field goal. I'm still thinking we are gonna win, but it's gonna be a field goal. I think the Bills are winning. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight. Yeah. I think this is more of a must win game for us than given the schedule that is coming up. This game in particular, I think is more of a must win game for us. I think the Jets can go on the street late in the in the season, given their. Schedule. But if they lose, but if they oh, lose no. to us and then they lose next week against the the Dolphins, man, that means they literally I'm have to win this every single game in particular. I, this weekend in particular is more of a must win game for us, given the schedule that we have coming up. Rather than them, I think they can lose his next game and then beat the Dolphins and then go on a little bit of a run of whatever games that they have left. In comparison, like we probably got to win like five out of these next seven to to sniff the playoffs, and so maybe six. That, that's fair. I mean, I think the Bills have the tougher schedule. However, like yeah, even even if you lose this game, I mean, like you said, you beat you were to beat Miami, you still got to play the Texans, who are. You know, CJ Stroud's been amazing. I think better than anybody uh, anticipated. And you still got a game, another game against the Dolphins, and you still got a game against the Browns. Who, like I said, I think that they have the best defense in the league right now. And then, oh yeah, Miles Garrett is like on a mission. So yeah, it, it doesn't get any easier, man. Like it is. Like I agree, the Bills have it is a must win for them, especially them playing at home. And you know, considering the last couple of weeks, but yeah, this is I, I agree with uh, Spence. I think this is a playoff game for. You know the winner and the loser. The loser, I think, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to make the playoffs. Really, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the game now, since we we just kind of we got caught up now on where the Jets are, what they're doing. Um, I feel like both teams, and so I'll give you both a chance to kind of tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. But I feel like both teams. I think Twan mentioned earlier that the, that the Jets have struggled against the run. I think since the Bills have kind of missed out on Daquan Jones and Matt. Milano since week four I think the Bills have struggled against the run so I think this game going into it I think both teams are going to be trying to run the ball and trying to defend the run uh how do you how we can I guess if you want let's start with uh Jeremy here how do you see this game playing out like game plan for both teams I am if I'm not mistaken I think since Milano and them got hurt we've started stacking the box and we've actually done worse against the past than than the run uh from what i've seen um we've been playing a lot of like man trying to really stack the box against other teams so i do see us doing that against this team just like every other team has been doing against zach wilson just stacking the box playing a little bit more man over the top and making zach wilson beat us um i think that worked last time i think we should have won a game last time had josh you know what i mean so i i i see it playing if <laughs> there's two ways to go if our offense is still struggling then it's going to play out exactly how the last game played, and it'll just be whoever wins at the end of the game, uh, last play, whoever has the ball at the end of the at the end of the last play of the game. And then if our offense can get it together, it could be a blowout. I, like it could go those two ways. I don't think I don't think the Jets can come in here and blow us out. But well, but when when's the last time you've seen the Bills blow out the Jets though? I mean, and I'm not being funny when I say this. I really think that the Buffalo Bills, um, I think that, well, no, let me say this different. I think the Jets have built the defense to stop the Bills before any other team in the league. So I think like they're built to play the Bills. So I just don't think that we've, I haven't, I don't remember us blowing that team out in, in two years, at least. 
yeah, their style is conducive to like playing the Bills very well. Like they have a very similar type style. So yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, I, to your point, would talk about the run defense as I mentioned earlier. They're thirty first in the league in stopping the uh, stopping the run. They're giving up uh, one hundred and thirty eight yards per game. You know, the team that gives up the most rushing yards uh, in the league is the one that the, the Bills just played the Broncos. So it goes to your point there. They probably should have ran the ball a lot more than what they did, to be quite honest with you, especially when you know how bad the Broncos have been struggling stopping the runs. But, yeah, that's why I think, you know, that's what it's going to come down to. Can can the Jets be able to run the football effectively with Brees Hall and also get the passing game going? Because, you know, as I alluded to, like they haven't been able to store, they haven't been able to score touchdowns. And I think part of that is like Zach Wilson and, you know, his inefficiencies at time and being one of the lowest rated quarterbacks there, you got to be able to, you know, hit those intermediate passes, but also, you know, make some big plays too in the passing game and call, call some game, like do hit some creativity as well. But, you know, Brees Hall can get going. I definitely think that'll help out the Jets a lot, but uh, to your point, yeah, I don't, I don't see this. I don't see the Jets blowing them out. If anything, the Bills would blow them out, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen either. Because, like I said, I think this, this is going to be a, another drag out, slug out matchup, and kind of like what you saw in Week One. Uh, I thought the Bills, should, you know, despite the turnovers, they should have won that game. They should have won that game, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and even, you know, it took a magical kick return, a punt return, in order for that to happen. Um, and to your point, Spence, last year when Mike White played, we 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 blew them out, did we not? Not blow, not no, 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 no. They lost. They won by eight points. It was twenty to twelve. I want to say. Uh, uh, so our defense. Yeah, just yeah. The Jets had an opportunity to score at the end, and then uh, Michael Carter fumbled, and then that pretty much put the game on on ice there for the uh, Bills there. But yeah, that was the game where they broke Mike White's ribs. That Mike Milano. Like, yeah, Milano. That was, that was like such a vicious hit too. And then Mike White ended up coming. We had been talking about Vince and I talked about this earlier. Like he ended up coming back into the game for whatever reason, <laughs> which I thought was just ridiculous. Like how? And then he went to the hospital afterwards. And then he, you know, he didn't play for like the next couple of weeks there because he had broken ribs. Two touchdowns, five interceptions, Spence. That's what Josh has against the Jets in the last three. It's, here, I'll look it up while you're talking. It's something very close. To the the reason, reason I ask because like <laughs> – it's been on Josh. I feel like yeah. the reason that these games have been close with the Jets, specifically on Josh, and I can, I can say that I don't think that Josh. Like I think Josh can come out and play well against any team. So it really just depends on how he plays on whether or not this is going to be a blowout Jesus, or a close man. game. Is it bad? Two two touchdowns to five interceptions. Um, he, some fumbles in there too. Yeah, he got some fumbles in there. Did he got? It's not good, bro. Like so, like uh, last year in December, he had 147 yards, uh, in the, in the 16. Uh, I think that one was the Buffalo game. That was yeah, the that's the one they wanted. They played in Buffalo, yeah, but they still won. So, so again, the defense did what they did to Mike White, but Josh went 16 for 27, 59 percentage completion, uh, 147 yards, one touchdown. Like that. That's not a Josh Allen game. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's not. And then the game before that, he went 18 for 34, no touchdowns, two interceptions and one yeah. rushing touchdown. You know what I mean? So, again, what I'm saying is, is I'm not saying that I don't think the Bills are better. I think we're better. But for some reason, Josh Allen is not Josh Allen against the Jets. And they just play that. The, that defense plays us so well. And even even Diggs, Diggs caught um, got caught sauce a few times, you know, like he'll get him a player oh, yeah. or two here. But I mean. Diggs just doesn't have consistently the Diggs games that we're used to seeing against the Jets. And I just, I don't know if it's, if it's, 
there, it's a mentality it's thing. A, I don't know if they're really. I don't know what it is. I'd ask Antoine. Antoine, do they come out of man? Are they? They're not coming out of man, right? For nobody. Uh, typically no, and then they also don't switch sides either. So I want to say that. Yeah, Diggs, uh, Diggs typically uh, he'll he'll be on both sauce and uh, like DJ, both of them will cover him like at times too. But yeah, you'll probably see primarily sauce like on on Diggs. But yeah, they typically they're typically in man and they don't blitz. They don't this blitz offense, at all. This offense has I mean, this offense, including Gabe, like they struggle to get open against man. We just don't we don't have like a lot of man beaters and like that's where Kincaid was supposed to come in. And he's been having a solid game. The turnovers, though, like the turnovers, like I would expect KK to have a big game if they're sitting there. Yes, yeah, I think he's the X factor in all of this because I mean, obviously, the tension is going to be on days, but you know, Jets have times have had problems stopping tight ends. So I definitely think he needs to have a big game there. I think you'll probably see, you know, a combination of CJ uh, Mosley probably on Kincaid at times too. I mean, as good as CJ is, I mean, Kincaid is like on another level too. You also might see, you know, Michael Carter the second too as well, who I think is one of the better slot uh, defenders in the league too as well. For me, I want to see Kincaid and Diggs get the same type of um, target share that Hill and Kelsey got in Kansas City. Like I, I want, I want clearly for my offense. I know, I know Jeremy don't like that because I'm taking Gabe out the picture. But for me, you give me Diggs and Kincaid at, at, as like the top target getters on this offense when it's a passing game, and then let Gabe fall into place and let everybody else fall into place. But Kincaid, dude, Kincaid is nice, man. Like I don't I know, dislike that. I don't, I don't, I don't dislike. I, I dislike that if we're playing to get a team that plays a lot of zone because Gabe is your zone beater on this team. If we're playing against a team that's playing a lot of man, they got good corners. Kincaid's got to be the guy you target a lot. He has to be because he's playing against linebackers that he's better than. So, like, I, I, I'm not against that when it, when the situation calls for that. I do think that there's a time in games where Gabe needs to be the number one target. I, I, I believe in that too. I, I just don't think it should be an everywhere, every game thing. I, I agree I with that. that. I, I, I no, actually agree no. with that too because I think no. uh, it's going to depend on no. game plan. It has to depend Mm-mm. on the game plan. You can't Mm-mm. just sit there and say, "Oh yeah, Mm-mm. we're just going to do this because Mm-mm. we just Mm-mm. think you." Like it depends on the opponent. It's the style, no. man. Like there's it is. no opponent. No, there's no opponent that's going to ever have me say Gabe Davis should be should get the most targets in the damn game. Why not? No, because, like it depends on like look at the teams. Like look, look at the like, teams. Like, it it creates the most separation against zone teams on our team. Yeah, it depends. He, has, on he creates the most separation against zone teams on our football team. I don't care who we play. Stefan Diggs needs to get the most targets. After that, it needs to be Kincaid. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I'm saying Davis. it shouldn't be Kincaid after Diggs against zone teams because Kincaid is not Kincaid is not a sit down. He's not. He's a Kincaid rookie. can't beat zone just because he's a rookie. Don't, don't mean he can't beat zone. Don't think zone because he's not that smart. Like he's not that smart enough to sit there and, and beat his own all game. He, he's more of a man beater because your linebackers can't cover him. I would Gabe has the most. I'm telling you, Gabe has the biggest separation against zone coverage out of any. I haven't in. seen separation from Gabe. You haven't watched him against zone coverage. <laughs> but I'll, but I'll, I'll say this: like, yeah, I think it, I think it definitely uh, depends on the opponent too. It's not that I don't think uh, Kincaid could. I just think that he won the last game. He had the most targets, Walter. Sorry. I just think it's like if you have a team that has a top flight corner, like kind of like what the Broncos do and Patrick Sertan, like, yeah, man, just, you know, get the ball, try to get the ball to Gabe. So I'm like, let them make some plays too as well. So it, it, it's like it's like style mates fights too, man. You got to be able to adjust it to whoever your opponent is. You can't just go in there and just say, well, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that just because, you know, 
you can, you got to be able to make that, make those adjustments too, as well, depending on your opponent. It's true. No, I, I, I'm I agreeing it, with man. that part. Hey, the no, Bills, I, like, I'm not, I'm used to um, Bills Mafia argument. Hey, it's better, yeah. it, it, y'all are a little bit tamer than what the Jets have been so far. So, like, the Jets fans have been hinged. Oh, but. I'm sure it's been worse. But, <laughs> and, but, 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 but what I will say is, though, I'm really not trying to be funny here, though. Like, I, I, I agree with what both of you are saying as far as based on game plan, game by game, we should have a different plan based on who we're playing, and different people should, should be the focal point of the defense or the offense. What I'm saying is, Gabe Davis, he doesn't have the correct – he doesn't have enough routes that he can run on the route tree that ever make me say he should be getting the most targets. I think he should get – I think he should get targets, especially in against zone. Like like you're saying, Jeremy, I just I just think we we look at him completely differently, though. I think you really you believe do. in him a whole lot more than Absolutely. I do. And and at this point, for me, if if they – because at some point, they, got, they have to talk about an extension or letting him walk. For me, if you're talking about paying him as a wide receiver number two and the no, contract that he's going to get, I think that they need to let him walk. Well, and that's, that's just fine. me. Absolutely. I, they can let him walk. I, I could agree with them letting him walk. But I'm, I'm not having that conversation. I'm having the conversation of his production based off of what they're seeing on the field and whether or not he could be at one against certain defenses. That's and the conversation that, I'm having. No, I'm not talking about paying him. I, if you no, I'm talking about playing him. Right. No, I'm saying playing and paying. Like, I don't want to pay him because he can't play. Like, he he's not catching balls consistently. He's not putting yards up consistently. Like, what people will do is at the beginning of the season, he had four touchdowns in six games. So people will be like, he's a great number two wide receiver. He has four touchdowns. But one of those games, he had one, one reception for 34 yards, which was the touchdown. Granted, it was a touchdown. But where was he at when it was time to move the sticks? We... We were sure we didn't convert third downs that game. Why he had that a touchdown? No, playing man defense with two really good corners okay. all game. So to and me, so to me, can Diggs be the zone and man? Not when they're taking him away in zone. Some teams play zone on one yes side. Yes or no? No. Yes or no? Can Can Diggs be the zone and man? No. He can't because they're no because they're gonna double cap. So let's go ahead and move on it because you don't want to be honest, so we don't even have to talk about it. Because you just want to be no, no, because you love Gabe so much that you can't be honest. You're sitting here really saying that no, but that's no. I'm talking about straight up man to man. Can Diggs beat man and? If you're getting one-on-one coverage for no, me, over but Diggs, but you just told but you just told everybody was telling me that that Davis was a wide receiver one B. He can't do that by himself with single coverage because Diggs is getting doubled. And you're going to sit here and keep taking up for Davis? This bum is dropping Absolutely. the ball. He, you so are, you crazy so as Diggs. hell, man. Diggs dropped the ball. Brighton his hand. Drop that shit. Diggs drop dropped the ball. Shit. But last season, that man gave me 1,500 yards. That man can drop a ball or two here or there. Okay. Like, like you bugging. Like, the, the difference of it, level of play between Diggs and Davis, man. And you sitting here riding for Davis like this dude is good. He the ball in, in clutch time. And I went hard on that. I said, yo, I went hard on Kincaid. Wait a minute. I went hard on Kincaid when all of Bill's Mafia was like, he's a rookie. You got to give him that fumble. No, he fumbled in a big moment of the game and potentially in a place where we could have scored and turned the game around. You don't get you don't get off of that. What, what I'm saying is you don't get off of that. And I'm smacking on Gabe, too. That's what I'm saying. I keep my, my energy's the same, bro. My energy's the same. Davis, he gets this energy consistently because he's consistently not good. Kincaid, he got – come on, man. I can pull up – I pull up every single stat from last season since you – or not stat. We could talk games. Last season, Davis led the team in drops. This season, okay, not as much, but – He's disappearing against the Bengals. He had zero catches for zero yards. Get open. Yeah, he, had, 
He had two targets. Why? Because he wasn't open. Get that, open. That was one game. That was one no, game. No, no. You got me. No, for real, you got me tight about Davis. This dude is a bum. And you talk about no. him every week like he's great, you know, bro. You like he's like a Davis, bum. No, I don't. No, I don't dislike Davis. No, I don't dislike Davis. No, I like yeah, Davis. No, dude, I can pull up posts right now. Few weeks ago, I could pull up posts right now where I say two games like this from Davis. Give me another one so I can start calling you consistent. I love it. I can pull up posts where I'm saying, "Yo, Davis, that's how you play wide receiver." You remember the the uh, the, uh, the Will Smith scene from Bad Boys when it's like, "That that's how you drive." How you, from now yeah. on, that's how you drive. I talk about Davis like that. That's how you play. From now on, that's how give it to me consistently. Pause, and I'm, I promise you, I'm gonna hype you. The reason why I love Diggs every week is because he's consistent. The he's reason why I love no, Kincaid the reason why I love Kincaid. Come on, man. Kincaid went through the first four weeks and had 20 yards in each of those games. One catch or two catches. Now, look at look at his catches compared to targets. He had targets less because you had Knoxon. They were playing 12 personnel. The moment that they you took – the moment you gave him the tight end targets versus the guy you were paying $52 million to – he started well, I mean, making receptions, right? He did, just, he no, did, you're paying that, no, bro. No, see, again, what happened? With, what happened with, with these guys last game? What what happened? What game? What with Kincaid and Diggs last game? Because Gabe had the most yards this last game. Where where was Kincaid at this last game? Kincaid had a very good game. What are you talking about? No, you talking about yards for a game. I'm talking about consistent play all season. I'm, so if you're talking about one game, okay, the game against Kansas City in the playoffs, 13 seconds, oh, my God, Gabe Davis is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Kincaid's had two good games this year, and I'll give him those two games. But, like, to say that he should be the number two option because he's had two good games this year, and then to sit here and say that Gabe's been bad because he's had two bad games this year, it just don't make sense to me. So Kincaid has had two good games. So as a rookie tight end, 75 yards, 65 yards, 81 yards, 51 yards, 43 yards as a rookie aren't good games? No, no. Name the first four games. The first four games, 26 or 26 yards and 43 against the 43. I'm good on 43 yards for five receptions from my rookie tight end when Dawson Knox is still in the game. I'm but good for call that game bad for game. For Kincaid? For a tight end? Mafia, wait, 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 wait. For a tight end? Would call that game bad for Gabe and would sit here and say, You know why? You know, for Gabe. You know why that's bad for Gabe? No, you know why that's bad for Gabe? Because Gabe is a wide receiver, too. A wide receiver. A tight end. Bro, come on, man. A tight end. There's only like two tight ends in the league that you ever expect to put up wide receiver numbers. And he drops 4.2 of them. No, he has two drops this season. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on, man. You talking this craziness, man, and I love you, but you crazy for taking up for Gabe like this. You talk about this like Jordan, and I'm with you. Because I know how hard he works. He works harder than everybody else on there except hey, Jordan. I, I'm not questioning his work ethic. You can work as hard as you want. Hell, so Satan worked ever, very hard to, to take over heaven, but he got kicked out because he sucked. That's what happened. Look, look. He works hard. His work ethic is epic. I love it. I've seen it during the summer. All the videos that he posted, all of the stuff that Josh and Diggs talks about, about how hard he works and how... Con Okay, maybe he produces translate, when they let him produce. Translated on they, they tried to let him produce against the Bengals. What happened? They didn't try to let him produce. He's running phase. Dude, if you're team. on the field, if you're on the field, you gotta okay. We got we got four minutes left. Let's get a prediction for this weekend. Because I feel like me and, and me and me and Jeremy can argue all season about Gabe Davis. 
this dude's a bum, and I'm gonna say it as public as I can, and he's gonna he's gonna take up for him as public as he can. Every time. So so that's that. And just so everybody listening and watching, it's all love between me and Jeremiah. Absolutely. We only get like this about Gabe. It's all love. Like when we get off of this, we're gonna be texting and laughing and talking about crazy stuff. So I just want you to know. But okay, let's get let's get some. You said what? No, I was talking about Jason. Oh, okay. Well, Gabe had three drops going in the last night game. Okay, he had one yesterday that turned into an that interception. Wasn't accurate. That Jason's not accurate. That's what I was saying. It was oh, two. Okay. It was two. Matt said, told me to check my heart rate. I don't have my uh, my Apple Watch on, so I probably should check. <laughs> Mine's <But>, fairly high. <laughs> <laughs> I need to no, well, hit some of these sleeping pills or something. Let's see how y'all think this game is going to play out, though, real quick. We got two minutes left. Uh, Antoine, we, we just went on a whole argument tangent there. So why don't you give us your what you think is going to happen, how it's going to play out, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, I, I think, like I said, I think it's going to be another, you know, knock them out, low-scoring game. Very similar probably to last year in Buffalo as well. I think it's going to come down to, you know, which team can take care of the football and also which team can run the ball well. But, you know, I like Buffalo in this one. I think James Cook is going to go off. I think they're going to use uh, Josh Allen's legs a little bit more. And I think that's going to hurt the Jets defense a little bit as well. And, you know, I think they're going to continue to struggle to score points. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, I'll, I'll go with 20 to the, uh, twenty to 13 Buffalo in this one. 20 to 13. I like it. What yeah. you got, Jeremy? Um, I've been wrong about <laughs> this prediction for the last three weeks because I just feel like something's about to happen with this offense at some point. But I'm going to yeah. take it again. I'm, I'm going to go 33-17 <laughs> Bills, and I'm going to bank on my guys to score some damn points finally. See, I'm going to go the same route, but I think it's for a different reason. I think now, um, not even because it's Joe Brady, not because that they let go of anybody, but I think – well, no, I guess it is because they let go of Ken. I think now with all of the questions, because now it's not just the national media questioning the Bills' offense – Bills fans are questioning the offense. Bills fans are questioning uh, Josh Allen. And, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of talk. You know, we got uh, Trayvon Diggs saying that that Steph needs out of Buffalo and all this stuff. So there's a lot of stuff. I think the Bills are going to come out and try to prove a point for real this week. I think regardless of what the coaches are saying, what the game plan is, I think the players are going to get up and look across the line and say, hey, we're better than this team. We need to beat them down. So I, I think it's going to be – I'm going closer to what Antoine said. I don't think we're going to hit that 35, 31-point mark. I think it's going to be like closer to 27 to – I'll give them 17, 27, 17. So you have them score two touchdowns? Wow, that would be that would be tremendous for the Jets, actually. <laughs> I, I just – I think I think the Bills run defense. And, and then like I told you earlier on, on the code of conduct, a lot of – a lot of teams' first or best efforts happen against the Bills, where it's like, like last night, Denver's that that touchdown throw that um, that Wilson Rush. made in the yeah. corner, and it was like it's the the probability was three point six percent. It was the most improbable pass of the season. Of course, it happens to the Bills on Monday Night Football <laughs> in Buffalo. So I just think when it comes to that, we saw Brees Hall go off Week One. I think he'll go off again, but I think that overall Josh is going to um, he's going to have a Josh game, and, and Bills Mafia will be able to shut up for a week. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I definitely think the Bills win. I just think they're the better team. You know, that's what the bottom line is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I just think it's the run game. Shows up at some point. Yeah, I could yeah. definitely. <laughs> Hell yeah. So well, we're gonna get on out of here. I done argued my heart up and uh and, and Antoine done laughed at us enough. So we're gonna get on out of here. Uh do y'all want uh Antoine, you wanna plug anything? 
Uh, everybody just follow me on Twitter at uh, Antoine Staley, best place to find me. So, yeah, check me out there. It was good being on with y'all again and, you know, laughing, uh, especially through the <laughs> last five minutes of the show. <laughs> I got to chill. I got to chill. Davis, D- Gabe is never going to do an interview with me. I already know it, but it's okay. It's all right. Well, I love you. Oh, no, you're not going to do an interview. Listen. Listen, I just got to I just I just try to keep my energy consistent. I was like this last year with with uh, Isaiah McKenzie. He's taking the Isaiah McKenzie spot for me. So it just it just happens every year. There has to be one. Love you, Gabe. Listen, we about to be out of here. <laughs> Y'all know how we do it. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. Wait, I didn't say and I'm so sorry. This show is brought to you by the Jordan Poyer Foundation. Shout out to all pro po. Uh, now, y'all love each other. Take care of each other. Live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Y'all need it up front. Can't tell me, cause I do what I want. Self-made everything, you know we gon' stun. You know that we eat and it's looking like lunch. So I tell them that I need it up front. Can't tell me, cause I do what I want. Self-made everything, you know we gon' stun. You know that we eat Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Wanna get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.